a Tyler Longview. It's your friend Sean Hannity here. Join me weekday afternoons 2 to 5 right after Rush on your only local news radio, 97.5 KTBB-FM. Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and with us this morning... Uh, at least one old friend and a new one today as we discuss and get an update on the East Texas Center for Independent Living. Let's welcome Executive Director Laura Matice and ILS. We'll explain what that means. ILS Program Manager Jay Nichols. Good morning to both of you. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Good morning. sir. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Let's start off with Laura. Laura, you've been with Etzel East Texas Center for Independent Living on Troop Highway in Tyler, serving 13 core counties and a total of 23 counties for, what, eight years now? Yes. Um, uh, as of last month, it was eight years. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the East Texas Center for Independent Living? I know you go back pretty much further than that. It was actually founded in the late 90s, but then uh, when the organization got a core grant through, at the time, Department of Education uh, Rehabilitation Services Administration, also known as RSA. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a grant for Centers for Independent Living, um, and that was about 12 to 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much the way I remember it. Services for people with disabilities, let's flesh that out a little bit. And uh, we want to talk to Jay a lot today because, Jay, you are over kind of a new program under the auspices of Etzil. But first of all, Etzil's mission, its basic purpose, what do you do? Well, we help people uh, with disabilities achieve greater independence in their lives and self-sufficiency and full participation in their community. All righty, that really sums it up pretty nicely in a nice pocket-sized summary. Uh, information and referral, independent living skills and services, that mystery solved. That's what Jay is going to be talking about today. Advocacy, peer support, and transition services. Uh, I want to just kind of very briefly uh, go over each of those points, Laura, and then we want to spend some time talking to Jay and also talk about a big event coming up, the Disability Expo, April 29th at Robert E. Lee High School. Some of the things that you do just in kind of thumbnail form under information and referral. As far as the information referral, we have a disability specialist that takes incoming calls on all different types of topics as it relates to people with disabilities. And any topic for any person in life um, is the same topic for a person with a disability. So we're talking about employment um, and housing issues, education, transportation-related questions, financial management, recreational activities. So it really just you know, whatever that particular individual um, has a question about as it related, relates to disability services, um, that's what that assistance is for. Okay. Um, advocacy, that uh, seems kind of self-explanatory, but what are the, some of the things you advocate for, just briefly? Well, obviously, um, as I mentioned, all the different areas on information referral, mm -hmm. well, where people have barriers related to employment or housing, that prevents them for, from having equal access in these different subject matters, well, we advocate on their behalf uh, and we encourage self-advocacy. Um, a lot of times, too, uh, the collective work is called systemic advocacy as it relates to, for instance, legislative-related mm -hmm. advocacy would be a systemic yeah. advocacy. Okay, and peer support. That's important pretty much in any human needs agency. What are you doing basically in the area of that? Well, we have a, a quarterly group that's called the MOVE group, which stands for Mobility, Opportunity, Vocation, and, and Encouragement. 
but all the time uh, individuals who come to the classes that are regularly held at the center um, there's a peer support element to it and one thing that's distinguishing about the Centers for Independent Living is 51% of our board uh, which is the governance body of our nonprofit organization are persons with significant disabilities themselves mm -hmm. so they also represent this the peer support to identify the needs of others who have disabilities that been there done that aspect is just all important if you know what it's like and can speak from your own experience I'm sure that really helps you fulfill your mission yes sir. okay transition services individuals need to help navigate significant life transitions what are some of those as far as the transition services at the Center for Independent Living uh, we have a relocation program called Home by Choice that assists people that are in nursing facilities mm -hmm. toward living independently and with those transitions um, and that is uh, a ar arrangement that we've had um, with another partnering center in the Austin area and also as far as the transition of youth with disabilities uh, we're going to be having expanded programs in that regard um, again all of these services overlap one another so when we have independent living skills training classes um, that focus on youth in transition that's going to be kind of a combined uh, service. Okay, and all of this is run out of your office at 4713 Troop Highway in Tyler. Phone number is 903-581-7542. You can go to the website www.etcil.org for the usual wealth of information. Email address at sill at etcil.org. And what are your hours of operation, Monday through Friday? M Monday through Thursday, it is 8 to 5, and on Fridays, it is 8 to 4. Okay. And as far as the services, I, mean, I know you mentioned our main office is in Troop, on Troop Highway in Tyler, but we do the independent living classes also in Athens and Jacksonville and multiple classes in Longview. Okay. Uh, we have plans to also start offering them in Mineola, so that'll be um, a, available throughout the service area. Okay, talking to Laura Matice, Executive Director, and Jane Nichols, ILS Program Manager for the East Texas Center for Independent Living, looking back many many years ago and I know this is outlined very nicely on your website there was a time when people with various kinds of disabilities mental physical were just kind of uh, shut in kept away from the mainstream of society and uh, in more recent years there's been an entire movement all across the country towards this independent living and even if people can't live independently mainstreaming people with disabilities making them feel and or giving them opportunities to feel that they're not just people who need to be shut away but need to be as much a part of the mainstream as possible mm -hmm. yeah that that's very sad now years ago it was that way i mean because all all people are the same um, whether a person happens to be a person that uses a wheelchair to get around um, it's very surprising how um, still in society that there are some people that will talk down to others mm -hmm. uh, because they have a disability and they're different than yeah. they are uh, and that's a key part of the advocacy too just at continuing to educate the public um, and frankly our you know political parties about the importance of recognizing yeah. that equality is important important for all people Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, there's a little entry, not such a little entry on your website, disability etiquette, right? Mm -hmm. Terms to use, how to 
interact with people with disabilities, I would encourage everybody to take a look at that. It uh, might be a real eye-opener for you. Yes, and, and specific, I think I've mentioned this before, within the media, people will still use the terminology wheelchair-bound, and, and those are the sorts of uh, language that are ideal to get away from and consider using people-first language. Mm -hmm. uh, we gave your office location and office hours. Do you encourage walk-ins, or is it better for people to call ahead or email you, or does it depend on what they're looking for? For the most part, it is better to call ahead because the issues can be very complex, and we work by appointment for intakes. Uh, but if a person does want to come in and just make an initial introduction, we certainly welcome them. Okay. Your service area is 13 counties, Smith, Gregg, Rusk, Harrison, Panola, Marion, Upshur, Camp, Wood, Cherokee, Van Zant, and Henderson. And you also have, I guess, supplementary services in Anderson, Kaufman, Hunt, Hopkins, Delta, Fannin, Lamar, Red River, Bowie, Franklin, Titus, Morris, and Cass County. So all the way from uh, down around uh, the uh, Jacksonville, Rusk, Alto, Wells area, Palestine, all the way up to the Red River. You just really do cover yes, a lot of depending ground. depending on the program. Mm -hmm, um, depending on the program. Yes. It's important to note. Yeah. Okay, maybe you want to come back to some of this a little bit more, and we're certainly going to be wanting to talk about the Disability Expo at Robert E. Lee High School. That's coming up April 29th. If you want to pencil that in on your calendars right now, and we'll give you some more details on that a little bit later on. We want to move into what's new at, at SIL, East Texas Center for Independent Living. And uh, Jay Nichols, now the Independent Living Services Program Manager, kind of new on the job. You started, uh, I guess, right about the time this Independent Living Service pro Services program went into effect, which was around September 1st? The program actually began with ETCIL on September the 1st of 2016. Uh -huh. I started with the SIL on uh, July the 6th to set up the program. Mm. The program is not a new program to the consumers of Texas. The program was originally under the Division for Rehabilitative Services, DARS, and when the legislature said that those two programs should go under the Texas Workforce Commission, both programs had an independent, services, independent living services program, and the state legislature awarded those to the particular SILs around the state of Texas. There are 20 other SILs, like East Texas, that are performing these same services around the state of Texas. So the state of Texas is covered under the program. There's just a different program administrator. Okay, and again, the vocation programs of DARS, Division of Assistive and Rehabilitative Services, that is transitioning into the Texas Workforce Commission, as I understand it. And um, there are 20 centers for independent living, or SILs, around the state. Is that correct? There are more SILs than that, but there are 20 SILs that are administering this program to ah. the consumers of Texas. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. And, of course, the East Texas Center for Independent Living is the one in uh, this broad area of northeast Texas that folks in our neighborhood are going to be concerned about. Uh, the ETCIL-ILS mission, it looks pretty much the same as the overall mission of ETCIL. Are there any subtle differences in there? There are, because we provide services to help people either remain in their homes and live independently, or if they're in danger of having to be put into assisted living or going into a nursing home, we try to help keep them in their homes and remain independent in their homes and live independently without dependency on others. Okay. Now you talk about skills and you talk about services. Now might be as good a time as any to uh, just kind of delineate the difference 
between skills and services and how the two of them really kind of intertwine with each other as well? Uh, the services that we provide to help people remain independent depends on the disability that they have. Uh, hearing aids, home modifications, information referral. Um, Laura mentioned a minute ago that mm -hmm. the original SEAL, the main SEAL, provides those services. We also provide those services to help people with their disability also. Organization and mobility training. We'll have a specialist come in and show them how to do different things within their home so they can move easier, they can do their t skills and their tasks easier in their right. home. Uh, orthotics, prosthetics, ramps, scooters, and vehicle modifications, but sometimes the vehicle modification may be limited by whatever the consumer's vehicle is. Okay, and again, that independent living, not having to rely on other people, this is, that just strikes me as a win-win proposition. People, other people don't have to provide as many services and as much support, and there's just a, 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 a self-esteem issue here. Yeah, uh, people feel so much better about themselves when they know that in spite of any disabilities they may have, they can pretty much carry on on their own. You're correct. And in your original lead-in, you were talking about that in the past, people, if they had disability, they remained shuttered in their home. They didn't mm -hmm. go out. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We want to help them to be independent, but independent is also being able to be with your family in your home, going out to the movie, going out to the restaurant, mm -hmm. doing outside activities. That's also independence. Independence is just not staying in your home by yourself. It's actually getting out and participating in society. Okay. What about eligible consumers? There are some criteria that need to be met. Um, under the state of Texas criteria, a consumer has to have a couple of things. Number one, they have to have a presence in Texas, a bank account, P.O. box, a home that they live in, and also they have to have a significant disability, and that would be determined by reviewing medical records, uh, talking to the doctors of the hospitals that provide services to the consumers to, to uh, substantiate and document that they do have a disability that we cover. Okay, and anyone with a visual disability under the age of 55 also eligible? That is correct. Uh, visual disabilities, if the person is over 55, they will actually go to the Texas Workforce Commission. That is called older blind, mm -hmm. and that remained with the vocational portion of the Texas Workforce Commission. If they are under 55, our program, the ETCIL, IL services will help them. If they're over 55, they would go to the Texas Workforce Commission. But we work closely with them. The, a lady named Karen Gay is over there. She's a great lady. Yeah. And we talk back and forth. Mm -hmm. So they can come to either place. If they're at the wrong place, we'll get them to the right place and get them there. So if there's any confusion, don't worry. Jay and the gang will take care of you. You got it. <laughs> okay. And, and admittedly, there is a little confusion <laughs> on some of those things. Yeah, right. Well, that's what you're here for. And I know that you partner with so many other agencies around the community and around the state and I guess maybe even to some degree on a nationwide basis. So the, And again, it gets right back to that information and referral piece that we talked about earlier. Talking to uh, Laura Matice and Jay Nichols with the East Texas Center for Independent Living based in Tyler and serving a total of 23 counties including 13 core counties. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus. And as far as the counties served, uh, we went over that a little while ago. I'll run through that again. Bowie, Camp, Cass, Cherokee, Delta, Fannin, Franklin, Greg, Harrison, Hopkins, Hunt, Kaufman, Lamar, Marion, Morris, Rains, Red River, Rusk, Smith, Titus, Upshur, Van Zant, and Woods, some of which are not within the sound of my voice. So uh, you cover a lot you of territory. You need to speak a little bit louder then. <laughs> All righty. Well, I'll try and do that. My mic, my mic control is right over here to my left. All right. Now, a person who has a severe physical, mental, cognitive, and or sensory impairment 
that substantially interferes with the ability to function independently in their home, family, or community. Is that also uh, one of the eligibility criteria or something you wanted to just go into a little bit more deeply? Uh, you've covered it pretty accurately. Those are the, the main uh, disabilities that we covered. When you have a physical disability, it can be the loss of a limb. It can be the loss of uh, your arm, your leg, your hands. Uh-huh. We help them to uh, maintain their independence by teaching them different ways to do things. We also help with organization and mobility when they come in if they have a cognitive issue, how to put things in a certain order in their refrigerator so when they open the refrigerator, they can always find the milk, they can always find the eggs, Mm. things like that. Yeah, and I think it's important to emphasize again that you cover such a broad range of disabilities. Some of the ones we just mentioned, anything from spinal cord injuries to... um, deaf or hard of hearing, blind or visually impaired, people with mental challenges of different kinds. If it's a disability, you're there. Yes, sir. Right. Yet not not just uh, the ILS program, but the ETCIL in general. Uh, number of staff and location for IL services, independent living services, you have um, four people? We have four. We are looking to add another. Our main office is here in Tyler at the 4713 Troop Highway. Mm-hmm. We also have a satellite office in Sulphur Springs, and then we have a satellite office in Texarkana, because like you said earlier, we have a, a large area to cover. Mm-hmm. And that basically is not only the independent living services program, but also, is that just for independent living services? The yeah. Sulphur Springs and the Texarkana office are only for the independent services program. Oh, okay. The main office uh, covers both. Okay, and the main office is in Tyler. Just yes, wanted sir. to get that straight. Uh, quite a few uh, interested consumers between 250 and 300 that you've um, that you're working with right now or that you have served since you opened those are the people that we are, are working with to serve um, and if you can tell we have around 270 consumers uh-huh and most interesting enough the majority of those are hard of hearing 63 uh, percent mm. of our consumers have a hard of hearing disability all righty let's do a little bit of number crunching here your requested services breakdown there are five different categories here if you can just kind of run through those give us an idea of how many people in each category you're getting sir these are just general numbers right now but people with a hearing disability hard of hearing around 162 people people that have requested a uh, home modification are 19 uh, those that are requesting assistance with a wheelchair or a scooter uh, eight Prosthetics for orthotics, 23. And then the other services that aren't listed above this um, are around 18. Mm-hmm. That comes up to a total of around 270. Yeah, and again, that hard of hearing, 63%. So that's a big piece of it. But um, the other 37%, my arithmetic skills are just as good as they were in third grade. There you go. Uh, a lot, uh, just really, you do cover a lot of territory. Different independent living services. Uh, you got a very interesting list here. Let's just kind of go down that and give people even a better idea of the different things you provide. Okay, we've talked about hearing aids. We provide both to eligible consumers the hearing aids and also a lot of people don't realize once you get a hearing aid, you have to maintain that hearing aid. Um, we don't provide the assistant with batteries, but we uh-huh. provide them a dry box. A lot of people don't know that when you have hearing aids, when you take them out at night, you should be putting them in a container called a dry box that dries them out. Moisture is the worst thing on a hearing aid, mm-hmm. and that's what keeps it from working. Home modifications. Um, somebody needs a ramp. Like if they are in a home with a raised elevation above the ground, they can't get, they can't walk in with a walker, with a cane, with a power chair, or a scooter. We would provide a ramp for them so they can get into their home and get out of their home. 
organization of mobility training we covered a moment ago. Yeah. Um, if someone has a scooter and they have a vehicle, but they don't have a way to carry that scooter, they can only use the scooter or the wheelchair if they're at home. Uh, we can, uh, in some cases, modify that vehicle. To, we can put a carrier to where they can carry that with them so that when they go out, like to the, ex, uh, the Disability Expo yeah. that you and Laura are going to be talking about, they can use that when they get there to get around. Okay. I don't know if we mentioned diagnostic testing at no cost to the consumer. If we if, didn't, if we did, we just mentioned it again. We just mentioned it again. Okay. <laughs> if a person comes in and they need diagnostics to establish that they do have a disability, we pay for all diagnostics at no charge to the consumer. Okay. And consumer participation, just kind of a brief note on that because um, the consumer does have to participate to a certain degree. Let's explain how that works. The consumer will participate in purchase services. You know, like uh, if they need, if they come in, we give them independent living skills at the sale there's no cost to that but if we have to purchase a wheelchair or a scooter or a vehicle modification they will participate in that financially and that's not a major portion of the cost of it but it is based on their percentage of the federal poverty level it's on a sliding scale so the lower income you don't pay as much a higher income you would pay more mm -hmm. and on the consumers waiting for services in the consumers waiting for services category some things I know you wanted to mention there as well the thing about it is a lot of people think that when they come in uh, they're going to get the service the next day there's a process mm. that you have to go through you have to vouch your application we have to document that you do have a disability to become eligible you may have to go to diagnostics. So there's a process there. But while you're in that, in that um, process, you are on a, a waiting list. So we keep track of you. We'll keep in contact with you to make sure everything is, is going the way it is, that there's been nothing changed on it. And then you move up that list. Okay. And uh, there's a financial records piece that we may want to draw attention to as well. Uh, I'm sorry, sir? Uh, okay. You mentioned financial records? Yes. Um, when you are establishing the eligibility and then when they get ready to participate in the consumer participation fee, they need to provide accurate financial information okay. so that we can determine what portion of the cost they would be paying. All right. Uh, Jay Nichols and Laura Matice from the East Texas Center for Independent Living, our guests on In Focus this morning. I'm John Sims. Uh, physical address of the Center for Independent Living, 4713 Troop Highway in Tyler. You can call 903-581-7542. And if you want to get in touch with Jay, we gave Laura's email address out a little while ago. They can get in touch with you directly at jnichols at etcil.org. Pretty much all of this information, or close to all of it, you're going to find on that website, which is etcil.org. Okay, Laura, you've had it. Oh, I'm sorry. One thing I might add, our office, we only have two or three people in the office at any one time, so we recommend that you either contact us prior to beginning there. Mm -hmm. We don't encourage walk-ins. At the main SEAL office, their staff, uh, you know, during business hours, we may not be there. So please call, email, or whatever. Let us know so we can set up an appointment for you to come. Okay, very good advice. Let's move on. Laura, you've had a nice little rest. Time to put you back to work. Okay. And we're going to talk about the Disability Expo at Robert E. Lee High School coming up April 29th. What's going to be going on there? We're very excited that this is the third annual Disability Expo, and um, it is a regional event. So all the different counties we serve, we encourage people to come out uh, because it's to bring individuals and families together um, in an environment where it's fun and recreational activities will be there. Like we'll have the therapists there, we'll mm. have the theraponies there, we'll have wheelchair basketball demonstrations going on, um, also wheelchair re relays and experiential 
you know, wheelchair relays, people who don't uh-huh. use wheelchairs to, to understand what it takes for from a mobility perspective to get around. Um, and the group Power will be heading that up again. That's people on wheels encouraging responsibility that's uh, headed by Judy Moffitt. That I, uh, okay, I believe they're out of Longview. Yes, they yeah. are. But they have uh, people involved with their organization from all over East Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be exhibitors there. Uh, a number of different human services providers are involved every year. Uh, but there will be activities for children and adults. Uh, we have you know, face painting planned and sand art and a number of different fun activities. And, and it's free. Uh, there's you know, no charge to, to come to the event. And um, so we encourage everybody to come out. All righty. And that's going to be a Saturday, April 29th. And uh, what, 9.30 to 2.30? Yes, 9.30 to 2.30. Okay. And it sounds like a great opportunity for people who are disabled and their friends and their families to get some support and to have some fun. Great opportunity for anybody who's interested in this issue. And it's very kid-friendly with a face painting. Great opportunity to learn about this issue at a young age. Kind of get in on the ground floor and maybe spend your entire life having a better understanding of what the issues are. Yes, and it's also an event that even if you're not a person who, you know, is touched by disability, it was an enjoyable event to attend. Um, And I think we mentioned earlier about the importance of integration and involving people with disabilities in full community. So just bear in mind that this event would be enjoyable for anybody regardless of disability issues. Mm -hmm. When people are learning about something like this for the first time, including the kiddos, the younger folks. Uh, sometimes they want to get involved, and usually one of the first things that uh, people can do if they get interested in a certain issue like this is to find out ways to volunteer. And I know you have some volunteer opportunities at the Center for Independent Living, a lot of office-type work, but other opportunities as well, including, I think you need volunteers for this event? Yes, we certainly do for the Disability Expo. It has a lot of moving parts, as I mentioned, uh, because it's both inside the KGM at Robert E. Lee, as Mm -hmm. far as where the exhibitors are um, in that facility, but then they're also all throughout the, the grounds around the KGM at Robert E. Lee and Tyler. So we need help with, you know, arranging for parking. We need help with registration, um, just information, errands, that sort of thing. Um, So, you know, there's a need there as well as at the Center for Independent Living and some of the remote sites that were mentioned for the independent living skills training classes. Uh, We're seeking out volunteers to help expand and build upon those services. Okay, and if people want to get involved on a volunteer level, I guess the easiest thing to do is to call 903-581-7542. Also, should have mentioned earlier, you have a toll-free number uh, for people outside that local Tyler calling area, 877-581-7542. You can email etcil at etcil.org or go to the website, etcil.org. And if you want to volunteer, I guess that's that pretty much covers the waterfront is how to get in contact, right? Yes. Okay, right. I'm better at this than I thought I was. Very good at it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, donations. Easy to donate online. I believe you have a PayPal system set yes, up. Yes, we do. We uh, Online or somebody can, you know, mail a check or drop it off, whatever they prefer. Okay. And um, you have these handy-dandy little brochures. Can they drop by the office and pick one of these brochures up? Or are there other places that you uh, distribute them? Well, uh 
there are other places like uh, we're um, connected to the East Texas Aging and Disability Resource Center that also covers the similar counties. We're a steering committee member partner with them, um, and they're actually in the Longview area as far as their main office. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we have them at different um, prosthetic organizations, medical supply companies, mm -hmm. but. At 4713 Troop Highway, we have a supply of them. Mm -hmm. And there is a donation form included in the brochure. So if you kind of like to do it old school style and drop a check in the mail, which I still do, go ahead and do it like that. But the online donation capability, of course, is um, I think what most people are probably going to be interested in. Kind of wrapping it up here, um, Lauren. Matice and Jay Nichols of the East Texas Center for Independent Living, our guest this morning on In Focus. Got about a minute or two left. And just looking at the brochure, some of the program services, I'll briefly mention those, and I do encourage, and I know you do, encourage everybody to check that website, etcil.org, for more information. You have sign language interpreting services. There's a hearing loss resource specialist and specialized telecommunications assistance program specialist. Gosh, what do you not have at the SIL? There's a representative payee, assist people with disabilities in managing monthly social security disability insurance and SSI and other financial resources. And of course, again, drawing attention back to the independent living services, which is just kind of a, uh, what you've basically done is kind of put a new layer or a new face on a program that has existed for quite a while. And Jay, thanks again for sharing so much information about that, because I'm sure there's a lot that people need to know about how it works. And um, they can always give you a call or get in touch by uh, email or check that website. Let's emphasize again the um, Disability Expo, April 29th at Robert E. Lee High School. This is the uh, the third one you've done. Uh, are you beginning to see growing interest? I know it's only three years old. Are you seeing growing interest in this event? More people becoming aware? We are. And um I encourage those that are interested in having a booth at the event that mm. they hurry and get in contact with us because there's limited space in the gym and it books very quickly. Um, and we do have more and more uh, exhibitors wanting to be there and the words getting out to people throughout the East Texas area. And we had a lot of people come from outside Smith County. Okay. Uh, awareness is growing. I think sensitivity is growing. I know it's quite a battle for you, but it continues. And because of what you do and because of um, the Disability Expo, things are going a lot better for you, I'm sure. We're out of time. Laura Matice and Jay Nichols with the East Texas Center for Independent Living, our guest this morning on In Focus. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting us. You bet. I'm John Sims. Thank you for joining us. And we'll see you again next week on In Focus. <laughs>